0: Welcome back to Talking Backwards. I am Dave Jackson. I am joined by Patrick Mahan. Hey, everybody. And Tyler Mullins.
1: Let's talk kazoos.
0: Let's talk <laughs> kazoos. Let's talk about demons. <laughs> this is such a good episode. So good. Uh, oh man, so good. I'm so ready to get into this one.
2: Uh, yeah, I've been waiting on this one for a long, long, long time. Our audience has no idea how long. <laughs> i do but a long
0: time (laughs) it's definitely been a highly anticipated one for me it's just so good beginning to end i didn't stop smiling about everything that happens it's ridiculous even james has a good scene and i hate i'm i I know that might be a hot take (laughs) but i think james's scene is good
1: which
2: one we'll get to it don't say it yet (laughs) we'll get there yeah we, we will we will get there uh this is, uh, this is Demon, Season 2, Episode 6 uh, of Season 2, also known as Episode 13, but 14th <laughs> overall. I hate it so much. <laughs> this never gets old, <laughs> by the way. I do want to say, again, another uh, great directing job by Leslie Linka Glotter, AKA The Hunchback. Good yeah. Yeah. She's back. Yeah, she's back for this one as well. It's written that? by Harley Payton and Robert Ingalls, who have written a few episodes already. So we've kind of got an all-star group here, um, some people who have already contributed some great things to the show. It, um, it shows. It does
0: show. Man Behind Glass it was the last show. one
2: she did, right? Yeah, she did the Man Behind Glass. Yeah. Uh, she won't direct another one until episode 23, Spoiler. so we've got a bit, But that's also a pretty – that's got a pretty significant – So there's not going to be another good episode until I – mean, It's a while away. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. Now, this, this one – Truly is excellent. Uh, when we last left our heroes, we had <laughs> Donna and Maddie getting caught by Harold in his home, trying to sneak out the secret diary of Laura Palmer. And it ended with him definitely not cutting his face.
2: Yeah, you can tell that this was filmed separately. And the stuff on his face is, looks different. It's like they tried to make it look like It's it, dry. It yeah, and it's dry. Yeah, it's not wet. Well, if you look at um, it, the
1: first cut is the deepest
0: sure I song about it. Well, that's not true. You could cut somebody the second time much deeper.
2: Oh. There's a lot to think about. It is.
0: There's a lot happening. Uh so we we come right back in from right after he has carved himself and <laughs> he's he's jammed up. Yeah, the the scratches are super different. He's definitely definitely physically threatening them. All I can think about for this whole opening section is that this is an overreaction.
1: Are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. I just so, wanted to make sure you
2: were sure.
0: Literally anybody else who had somebody over and it turned out that they were there to try and take one of his books. She's like, "Oh man, what what are you doing?" Like, is that is that what you wanted? Like that. That's no. I mean, get Meryl out of here! I thought we were hanging
2: out. She was different.
0: <laughs> not <laughs> not self mutilation and attempted murder.
2: Said that Donna made him feel like she could. Or that he could return to the world and find something decent,
1: pure. That was a line. Yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> He's a player. She's just like the others.
0: Yeah. Okay. Donna was something <laughs> pure. <laughs>
2: something pure.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh... I and mean, I mean, I'm here for it for sure. I, I like the idea that you have somebody who has this disorder, like they're detached from the world, and they need somebody who's a guiding light to kind of bring them back into. Uh, sociable behavior that's fine but you need a character who is established as somebody who
2: can actually be that well he's also just it doesn't work well, he's for. he's also Donna. just mad that there's another stranger in his house i don't know she kind of she kind of looks like she kind of looks like somebody doesn't she kind of looks like somebody doesn't
0: he yeah he never says anything about the fact that maddie is identical to laura
1: it's too it's too late
0: like that just right. doesn't come up and it seems yeah. like that would be a major thing yeah the situation's dire. Harold is threatening Donna and Maddie. It seems like they're cornered. There's no way they can possibly overpower this guy. But thankfully, James was very suspicious of Maddie buying coffee because he's shown up to save the day.
1: Because she's a tea girl. she a tea girl?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, James saves him.
1: <laughs> and, and that was, uh, you know, he just busts in there. Yeah. Is this the best mo- James scene? No, no, no. It, it's it's one
0: later. Oh. This. So once they get out of there, Donna kind of has a breakdown and tells James that it's her fault. But he says, no, it's my fault too. But it's not. Yeah. <laughs> he has nothing to do with
2: this at all. I think he's just trying to make her feel better. I feel
1: like he did drive her towards him a little bit because she was angry with him. I don't know.
0: Oh yeah, that that's possible. I just I just didn't really see how he factored into the goings on of this particular if, evening. Like her life being in danger has nothing to do
1: with James, right? But James likes right. to be at the center of things.
2: That he does. Yeah. So what do we think? So what do we think would have happened if you wouldn't have been there? If you hadn't followed Maddie, uh,
0: Maddie would have gotten mildly scratched. Yeah, I, I think she would have suffered some mild scratches, uh, some some surface level sure. abrasions, maybe. Who knows what Harold's capable
1: of? He probably would have spread, sprayed him with pesticides. <laughs> 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 that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It made just aggressively followed followed there. by That's
2: followed by a very Bob-like howl. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a very like from the end of, of the yeah, episode the, one of season two it was a very bob like owl.
0: yeah this is the exact moment where i said aloud to myself watching this episode oh this man this is an overreaction <laughs> no! <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, harold, oh, harold does not cope okay. well with all that oh, there's more credits after that too
2: They've done that a few times. <laughs>
0: Sorry, we still have names to list. They've done that
2: a few times, or they, or at least they do it a few times, Oops. if they haven't already. It becomes a, a recurring thing. I kind of like it.
0: This is the first time I've noticed it.
2: Yeah,
0: but uh, This is the first time I can note uh, seeing a credit for Yumio uh, Yamaguchi. Fumio
2: Yamaguchi. Yeah, Fumio Yamaguchi. Fumio Yamaguchi. Yeah, that's Mr. Tojimura. I guess I guess you're that. you're, That's very good.
1: Who is... Definitely a woman. I am 100% on that after this episode.
2: That transition we're talking about with the second credits, there's uh, some great shots of the woods uh, with the names popping Mm -hmm. up over it, and then we get a shot of the book house. We
1: get another owl.
2: Oh, yeah, we get another owl. A nice shot of the book house where uh, Coop, Hawk, and Truman have uh, ushered Audrey back to safety. But it's not only those three. I don't know if you guys noticed. In the background, Joey Paulson has returned. Yeah, he's standing in the background. Yeah, I saw him. Yeah, he's there. I saw him, and
0: I, I, I caught a glimpse of him, and he doesn't really show up uh, later in the scene. No. So I ran it back, because when I first saw it, I was like, is that Bob?
2: Yeah, there's another guy. <laughs> is he just
0: in the room when they come in? There's
2: another guy, too, right? Or am um, I mistaken? Yeah. Maybe it's just Truman.
0: Hawk uh, Cooper. Yeah, it might just be Truman, but...
1: No, that's definitely a different guy. That is not Truman.
2: Yeah, there's definitely another guy. The yeah, there's some jacket. other random guy. <laughs> like, there's some other random bookhouse boy, and Joey Paulson. He's like in the frame, in between Cooper and Audrey, at first. After he lays her down, he's just sort of. It's not. There.
1: Harry's not even there. Yeah, it's just this guy.
2: Maybe it's maybe they wanted us to think it was Harry. I could see where it it kind of looks like him, but it's not him. It's not him. That's hilarious He kind of looks like somebody, doesn't he
1: that is crazy yeah. and he's also wearing a leather jacket which we'll just say it's another bookhouse boy. oh I, I think it definitely is <laughs> yeah. no
0: they, they yeah they bring her in they lay her down uh, Audrey that is and she's still in her stupor and just kind of saying things uh, it reminded me and I forgot to mention it uh, last episode was when Cooper finds her at uh, when I jacks. When he first kind of rouses her, she goes, Who? And this is right after he's seen the owl. So I didn't know if that was a call to that baby. Just because when she kind of comes around, she's asking, Who is it?
2: Yeah. I like, I like that. But she just goes, Who? Yeah. And Ooh. just,
0: I forgot to mention it last time. So I'm just bringing it up. I'm nice. glad. But uh, no, she's she's traumatized and she's uh, in some yeah. pain.
2: She's And it hurts. Going
1: through withdrawal.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if also uh, so in this drugged stupor, I don't know if maybe a little bit of her third eye has opened and she's been subjected to more than just the physical trauma. You know, she may have just seen some things that messed her up. It was just kind of kind of my pull from it.
2: Yeah, she saw she saw a uh, dead yeah. ass memory. Well, she saw
0: some black cold and a a heavy tongue. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. Yeah,
0: but I'm always I'm always reaching a little far for, <laughs> for the spooky stuff. So
1: I do like when what br- finally brings her around is when Coop touches her face, mm-hmm. and then yeah, she feels his hand, and it's a very interesting moment mm-hmm. for their special relationship. Yes, I got something out of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're connected. <laughs> it was a very nice moment. It. It's it's always hard to see sweet baby Audrey suffering in any way easily one of my favorite characters at this point i never want to see her in pain so that's and that just helps the episode like i'm I'm connected to these characters this whole time it's just very good i'm just gushing i just i'm 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 up i'm up (laughs) i'm not hot i'm up dave is up (laughs) sorry for my energy that uh so let's see yeah uh james and donna again talking about how brave maddie was so brave
2: i guess so brave
0: brave maybe but not efficient
2: she didn't mean any harm no so she's
0: she's pretty innocuous pretty benign, benign. this is this ag- again is not the james scene that i liked this is uh, just james and donna and uh they decide that,
2: you like every james scene eh,
0: but they decide that it's just you and i together forever
2: yep forever <sighs> It's, it yeah, it did. Just you, the return, and I rolled my <laughs> eyes. So we know what Tyler's rating this episode. Like.
1: <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I guess they don't. They didn't have a James theme, and so they had to. No, come there's up a with James one, theme, and now just that's it. And it's
0: that one, <laughs> It's just James. But
1: then he like they reconcile, and start nicking. He like. He kisses, like, the corner he kiss, of yeah, her he mouth. Yeah, he kisses the side of her open and mouth. Just goes right for the neck. <laughs> like, on, on the lip, in the ridge. I kept waiting for her to say, James. It's, just
0: kiss normal. If this is what's going to happen right now, start with a normal kiss. Don't immediately open your mouth if he's going close. lip. I forget
1: lip. that they're high schoolers.
0: They are high schoolers, and they're... They're just figuring it out. <laughs> they bone in the middle of the street, I guess. And Thomas, that's just what happens As there. you do.
1: Yep. And freaking Jonathan's gonna, probably sitting up in the tree watching him.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, I
0: know. Jonathan's a little busy right My now. cousin. Back to the sheriff's station where Truman has identified Blackie's killer. He's got just like a yearbook of
2: convicts. Yeah. Convicts. Yeah, he found him quick, too.
0: I, I don't know what this book actually is. Is this everyone that's been arrested in Twin Peaks? Is this a federal list? Is this a watch list?
2: It's the Northwest Federal Watch List <laughs> Handbook. I'll take it. 1989. It's the mission. steeplejacks most wanted.
0: No, they they identify Jean Renault. Uh, they they know his connection with uh, the other Renault brothers. He's the eldest, and
2: he, they. Yep. Isn't this where Coop says? Doesn't he say like you react to the name? He's like Renault. Mm-hmm. Renault.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like older brother to um, James or Jacques, Jacques and Bernard. Jacques and Bernard.
0: But they know that uh, they've been watching Coop. They know his cover was blown on his incognito operation. And it uh, gives Coop kind of a, kind of a crisis yeah. of faith as far as what he's allowed to do in his job, it looks like.
2: Yeah, he's stepped. he knows he's stepped out of his jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Twice. Yep, and uh, Harry's just like, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He, he's like, you worry too much. He's like, it's fine. But he says it's not the
0: first time that uh, something has happened to somebody he cared about because of him going out of bounds. Pretty much, but I don't know who else he's referring to.
2: Not yet anyway. I definitely have no idea.
0: So they drink some coffee out of a metal jug, which I hate. Uh, <laughs> I, I can just I can taste, I can taste the Why? metal jug coffee.
1: It's not, and I like drinking orange juice. That is Metallica. Metallica. Saint Anger. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's the best lawman Truman's ever seen, he thinks too much. Uh, They they confirmed that Audrey was given heroin, that it was almost a lethal dose, and we move along.
2: To one of my favorite transitions in this episode, going from the falls of the Great Northern to the shot inside the Great Northern of Cooper walking, uh... I, I don't know, in the music and everything. This yeah, there, there's so many moments awesome that are just stuff. like, like Because
0: uh, everyone's on to everybody else at this point. Nobody's nobody's game is playing anymore. Right. He comes in and brings, or Cooper comes in to Ben Horn and brings him the briefcase back. Says he was able to get his daughter and the briefcase. And Ben Horn is pleased with this, but... yep. Checks the money before ever asking about Audrey.
1: So it's very clear where his I priorities see lie. Your
2: true colors. Yeah. Richard Bamer's uh, very good in this mm-hmm. scene, too. I like how he reacts oh. to everything uh, that Coop's saying. Oh. I just think it's, yeah. That's too bad. She was found at One Eyed Jack. He's so good in this no. scene. No. Yeah. <laughs> and then he hugs him. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh i love him, it it's so good him downplaying so the news good. that
0: blackie's been killed she's like huh
1: yeah and he's never um acts like he's never heard of one-eyed jacks and coop knows mm-hmm. that yeah and boy audrey knows too and it's so oh good. man yeah <laughs> it's so good. i learned a lot too, daddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah indirect quote
0: i saw oh, so man. many no. things
1: just uh, uh, <laughs> But uh, he he gives the
0: breakdown on Audrey that she was given a drug overdose, that Mm -hmm. uh, Jean Renault is at large, Blackie is dead, she was being held at one-eyed jacks, and... This
2: renault did you catch (laughs) (laughs) him?
0: He does seem genuinely... I love it.
2: He's so good in this scene. This is one of my favorite. Yeah, this is one of my favorite Ben Horton. I just like his acting in it. And it's not... I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. It's just a great scene between both he of them. He does
0: seem genuinely uh, shocked that she was drugged.
2: Yes. He did that. I was going to say that too. And yeah. I, I believe... Uh, he at least shows some emotion. And I believe that.
0: that he does care for her as a father. But it wasn't real enough for him just yet when Coop first came in.
2: Right.
1: And he almost had a little bit of a re- reaction to Blackie's death. Or I thought I saw it, which was interesting. I,
0: I think they were I think it was digging for some positives. Let's not forget that Leo Johnson's in a wheelchair.
1: Uh yeah, and he's about to not have any legs.
0: <laughs> so Bobby Bobby's trying to bring him in. That's <laughs> true. And uh I guess this is the uh, insurance representative. That's yeah. uh, in, in a house with him. That's
2: Tom uh, Tom Brockman. <laughs> I
1: I don't know how he kept a face through any of that.
0: So Eric Darre as invalid Leo Johnson is some of my favorite acting in this show.
1: Uh, it's too good.
0: It's too good. I, it's very convincing. It's genuinely shocking <laughs> anytime he does make a move. I
2: wonder how he felt about that going from... Like who he was in season one to being this vegetable. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be back.
2: I think
0: it just shows that he does his best work without lines.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's and before shines. the party, I was like, the only way this could get better mm-hmm. is if he had a kazoo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be in luck, Tyler.
0: Yes. Promise me, if I'm ever in a state where I need familiar stimulus. You'll go straight to kazoos. Just when I start to slip, when my mind starts to go, when I need to be grounded again, go to kazoos. That is my anchor. That's my happy place. Bring me back. I will do that. But now they Bobby and Shelly are really selling this caretaker role to the insurance guy to make sure they can keep getting a check, which is not what they thought it was going to be. Not at all. 700 buckaroos a month.
1: It's supposed to be 5,000. But after after all the fees. Then this insurance guy gives him like a weird look. And it kind of made me feel like like he was taking some of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he he, he starts to walk away as he's talking about all the fees that come out of it. And it's, yeah. it's a little dodgy. Yeah,
2: I don't know if it's that or if he just knows that they're upset about all the fees. And that he's just trying to like mm-hmm. get away. But it could work <laughs> either way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. The The only reason I thought that is because when he got over to Leo, he, like, gave this weird smile that was kind of like, this is what you get, suckers, for trying to... Yeah, he very system.
0: awkwardly puts his arm around Leo and has, like, his just his fingertips on his shoulder. Yeah. He's like, I'm just so... You're just such an example. You're such a shining light. I don't know. It's like he knows Leo. It's like he has some sort of obligation to him but uh shelley doesn't even work at the double r anymore i I don't know how they're going to get by i don't know what these crazy kids are going to do so donna's got info for truman and i guess she's trying to just report the attack from harold on her
1: i don't think she was i don't i don't think she was there for that i think it was just more to get the diary from martin harold yeah
2: well jane because yeah and james said earlier in the episode when he was talking to her after all of that that he that she needed to go to the sheriff's station. Yeah. Because I feel like so I feel like they think that Harold might be the killer. And that's why he doesn't want Ooh. them to see the diary. Oh.
1: You know what I mean? But it's not like there would be an entry in there that says Harold just killed me.
0: <laughs> well that's the greatest secret <laughs> right. is knowing who killed you.
2: Exactly. See? See? See?
0: Maybe maybe she told him he killed her and he put it in his Flesh book. It's a living novel. Sorry, living novel.
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh, tr- uh, Truman. Yeah, Truman's just mad at Donna because he's tired of her games after what happened to uh, Jacoby. It's not a game. N- yeah, no games here. It's like, there's another
0: secret diary. He attacked me. He's a suspect, but he thinks it's just more her playing detective and getting people in trouble. Well, they don't get too far into their conversation before uh, we get a visitor.
2: Yes, let's uh, say. What an amazing visitor we have here. Is this David
1: Lynch? This is David this Lynch. Is David Lynch. As okay. Gordon
2: Cole. So, when did you put that together? Did you see his name in the opening credits? No. <laughs> Over the woods. Well, I saw his name, but I just thought it was associated to the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, great. I just thought it was so funny cuz he's listed above Wendy uh Robbie who plays Nadine. So, it was just funny seeing their names oh. just like See, <laughs> I don't I don't
1: I don't know any of that right 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 so Um, I I saw his face I was like yeah
2: (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah so he we we knew from season one once or twice he played Gordon Cole over the over the phone with Cooper Um, and I I almost wonder I couldn't figure out any confirmation on this but I almost feel like it was an accident that he played him like they just needed a voice and he just did it and then they made him an on-screen role and they're just like do you want to do it (laughs) dug themselves yeah and he's just like yeah sure but Gordon Cole instantly (laughs) one of my favorite characters it doesn't take long you're just like yes yeah what's with the hearing aids the ancient looking hearing hearing aids
0: (laughs) I've got these things cranked to the max
2: (laughs) it's so yeah I just want you to
0: know we can hear everything you're saying
2: so so funny
0: yeah Gordon Cole blasts into the station looking for Harry S. Truman it's, it's, it's just so good. It, it's so loud. It's so raucous.
2: Well, it's not like Lynch is an actor. He's not like, I'm pretty sure this is one. I mean, other than a few things he's been, well, other than this new Netflix film, <laughs> like like he's not in many things. Uh, you know, he mostly directs and it just kind of floors me how good he is in this, as this character.
0: Well, he plays the same character pretty much in that short film.
2: Oh, yeah. It's the character he's uh, born to play, Gordon Cole, here.
0: Oh, yeah. I like to think to myself canonically that that is Gordon Cole <laughs> interrogating the monkey.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: Great. Pay dirt. <laughs> yeah, he's here to see Cooper, who got injured in the field. And apparently this has happened before. Yeah. But he's just uh, he's just checking in. Uh, it says Albert will not be back, but he does have the lab results. So the fibers that were found outside of the hallway where Cooper was shot were from a Vicuna coat.
2: Vicuna coat.
0: That sounds great, Sheriff, but I just ate. <laughs> there already have the results from uh, Philip Gerard's syringe. Uh, some sort
2: of chemical cocktail that's unique. Really weird stuff. Here's the one
1: armor now.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, speak of the devil. Here comes Philip Gerard. like, on...
1: I love that he just calls him the yeah. one arm Comes the one-armer now.
0: Uh, also, the pages found at the train car were from a diary. Missing pages. So, yeah, they, they bring in Philip Gerard, who is being uh, brought in for questioning. He thinks it's because he was selling shoes, but that's not a crime.
2: One of my favorite shots, too, of this, I, it just makes me laugh, is when they walk away and mm-hmm. Donna just pops just, out. Just like, uh, we... Like, and looks into the hallway. Because we, we, she heard all uh, of that. We don't hear her? Can <laughs> I go? Yeah, so I love it because it's also just acknowledging right. that they didn't just forget about her. Yeah, they they just even though they did forget about her. But I'm talking about like just the show in general. Like <laughs> she
0: she heard all of that. She's still in there. It's all. It's almost like Laura Flynn Boyle is just popping out. Just like it makes me laugh. Did, are, are we, is that the scene?
2: What just? What the hell just happened? <laughs> it's like <laughs> that yeah, was that was Gordon. Gordon Cole. That was Gordon Cole. What ladies I'm calling gente. my agent. What an intro.
0: I think my favorite scene of the episode is right here where Ben Horn finally visits Audrey. He's like, oh, I can't, the things yeah, you must have seen,
2: one. I can't imagine the trauma.
0: Yeah. She's like, yeah, I saw a lot of stuff, Dad.
2: Yeah, because he has no idea that she was, that they were in the same room together even <laughs> up there and that she knows who he is, that he owns the place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The first thing he says is she looks like an angel, which is mm-hmm.
0: him just like, She looks like a somebody trail. recovering from a drug overdose it's trying I to sleep like... it off. <laughs>
1: I'm learning that he just does not care about his daughter.
0: <laughs> but now the, the exchange is so good because he's putting on the show of trying to be this comforting father, but she knows yeah. everything about him and none of it takes. It's super good. No.
1: Who's in the background?
0: Joey Paulson. Isn't Cooper in there? Not Harry. Yeah, it's Cooper because she asks if uh, he can
2: take her home. And then Ben suggests that he'll ride with them, which I think one of the most disappointing things. Let's all go together. Yeah, one of the most disappointing things about this episode is we didn't get to see that car ride. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Would have loved to have seen that car ride. (laughs)
0: But I I think that might have just been uh, Ben Horn too, kind of covering his tracks, like not giving them the time alone together for her to say anything that she might have seen about one-eyed jacks to Cooper yes because he has to know that she saw some things that he didn't want her to see from there
2: yeah i don't know if he has that inkling that he that she knows about his involvement but it's good stuff
0: but uh let's not forget that nadine is a thing i haven't forgotten. who what do you think about this exchange between nadine and ed here
2: oh man i'm just truthfully i was just happy to see big ed again i think he'd been absent for a little bit and he always brings a smile to my face but yeah they've got the whole house to themselves ed's not really too sure about this (laughs) I was startled by how
0: athletic Wendy Robbie seems to be. Yeah, that leap! She shoves Ed onto the couch and then leaps on top of him, already sprawled out. Best thing about this is
2: Big Ed's facial expression. Mm-hmm.
1: Just <laughs> after, yeah, after she punches him, yeah, and they turn oh, him around to where you can see. So his go- face. so gold. It's gold. Also, love that she went when she got back from shopping, and she's like, "They didn't even question me using the charge cards."
0: Yeah, <laughs> it worked great. We can get whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. Whatever we want. Yeah.
1: Yep. And she asks when when her parents were coming back from Europe. And Ed's like, soon. But I feel like he should have said, like, not for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Nadine and Ed are probably going to bone. No, they're going to neck. But uh, I mentioned before that Jonathan was busy because he was boning Josie. I, th-
2: I thought they were cousins. Um, I- it was a sham. Yeah.
1: I don't like this shot that it just opens <laughs> yeah,
2: up. It's just like mid waist belt, and the and also the music that's playing over that.
1: Ugh. Ugh.
0: Yeah, it was a very sinister session. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, um, Ugh. but uh, Josie has kept herself in fine nick apparently. You've kept
1: yourself in fine nick, Josie. Ugh.
0: Ugh. Who says that? Who
2: says that, Jonathan? Why, uh, Jonathan? Apparently, nobody says that. man. Yeah. So they he tells her that they are going to be leaving tonight. One way Mm -hmm. ticket. Seattle to Hong Kong.
0: Yeah. She's got her reasons for not being gone yet. Yeah.
2: And he said he's going to kill Sheriff Truman if she doesn't go. Mm -hmm.
0: Tough spot. She's going to have to do some some weaseling. Yeah. Get what she's owed. Jonathan's explanation is that uh, Mr. Eckert will make it worth her while if she just comes on home.
2: Do we know Mr. Eckerd?
0: But she's not ready to go back because she hasn't gotten her, her pay. I don't know him. No, we've, we've only just heard the name. A
1: couple times.
0: Um, Eckert, Eckerd? A couple of episodes ago. Eckerd, yeah. I think he's, <laughs> he only came up a couple a couple episodes ago. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards.
2: Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this?
0: Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Next is my favorite James scene. James goes to meet Maddie by the lake. I assume they know to meet there due to a note. It's just my best guess.
2: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: And it, it's, it's really just. Uh, the two of them saying that there might have been something here, but, you know, it's, we can't explore it. And uh, Maddie's whole stance on their interactions was that she always, I guess, kind of envied Laura's attention. So when she came into town looking just like her with her gone, she got to kind of taste that life. Right. But he knows that she's not a new Laura. She's just Maddie. She's her own person and she's just going to leave. But James has a moment where he talks about how love is a a feeling like the sun's always shining on you and whatever you can do to feel that way all the time, that's loving somebody. And yep. it, it I, I just think it's a good line. I think it's a, a well done scene. It's nothing's overplayed here. Yep. And it's just it, it was nice. Yep. I like the setting too. The the background's just really, really nice.
2: Yeah, and you got the Twin Peaks theme playing. One thing I wish James had done was when he first said, I think I owe you an apology and she says, Not really, then he say, Okay, I'm not sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I changed my
2: mind. That was what I was hoping for. Uh, but didn't get it still regardless a good James scene. I don't know what do you think, Tyler? Our biggest James Hurley critic Tyler Mullins.
1: I am indifferent. You can be honest I, I I was more focused on Maddie in this scene.
2: yeah, she's actually this is a very good scene for her too.
0: yeah, it's an excellent Maddie scene. It was just it was the first time that i'd I'd seen anything with James It was just like, this is good. <laughs> So I think that's why it stood out to me.
2: Just a pretty scene.
0: It's yeah, it's, it's it's very pretty. Yeah.
1: So, this is where Maddie says that her and Laura were used to be very close. Yes. And that they were connected on another level, and she could feel her thoughts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And. She once said that they weren't that close. Yes.
2: I don't know what to believe. But now it's time for her (laughs) to say goodbye. She's got to go back to Missoula. Missoula, Montana. Mm -hmm. Goodbye, Maddie.
1: Missoula, (laughs) Montana.
2: So she's gone? Goodbye, Maddie. Well, I mean, she said goodbye, so. Well, you know, it
1: could be more symbolic than her actually leaving. I guess just just
2: tune tune in and find find out. out.
1: I think I'll tune in and find out.
0: Sounds great. Uh, No, next is uh, Josie and Ben Horn. She's gone to get her insurance money. That's right. And she's trying to get it now, even though Ben is trying to skirt it and say he doesn't have the funds available. She's on a time crunch, so she doesn't have time to waste. Yes, she has hours. As she's pressing him, he reveals that he has a safe containing information on her husband Andrew's untimely demise and seems to know that she had something to do with it. Yep. On the other hand, she has information that will put Ben Horn away for lifetimes and we can only imagine what all she has. Because he has got his fingers in a lot of pies.
2: A lot of cherry pies. But I, lo- I actually do love Josie in this scene, like when she kind of gets up in his face there at the end and says that he'll be locked away. I just
0: love that Ben Horan's whole operation is falling apart as everybody. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. So then he gives he gives her the money he just got from Mister Tojimura. Yeah, well
0: it's five million. Yeah, he has a five million dollar cashier's check from a Tokyo bank.
2: Yeah, it was the same.
1: He just gives her the same yeah. check. He just signs signs it over to her. Hey
0: hey, don't ruin me. Here's five million dollars.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well played, Josie.
0: Yeah, well played.
1: What did Josie give him? When they switched the check and another piece of paper.
0: Was that the like deed to the land for where the mill was?
2: Yeah. I, I guess. I think that's I think. right. That was very
1: unclear.
0: Yeah. It's it's never explicitly stated, but she said that he can't have this until she gets her insurance money. Correct. Oh yeah. it It's, it's the deed to the mill because when she talks to Harry later, she says, I sold the mill. It's over. I'm leaving. So that's exactly that's right. what that was. Now. Now. <laughs> Now we're having a party for Leo. It's just streamers and kazoos. He's got sunglasses on, very weekend at Bernie's style.
2: Yeah, that was actually my first thought. Was this is like weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I don't get it. it. Yeah, they're celebrating, they're having a party, they're all home. Uh, there's streamers. I think this is just uh, I think this
0: is just Bobby and Shelley. They realize they can kind of do whatever they want right now and they are going for it. Yeah, the game over they have the seven hundred dollars.
2: Yeah, they are going for it right there in front of Leo.
0: Dude, that was so good. So I was pretty <laughs> sure they were they were gonna bone on the table. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. But, for but sure. Leo
0: kind of leans forward, ruins the moment.
2: Yeah, he puts a stop to that. Shelly gets really shaken up.
1: <laughs> Again, another scene where I cannot believe he is just not like busting out laughing. Yeah. I understand that's the role. But
2: yeah, probably some good out That just
1: makes me such a fan of his acting.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I really hope this was like the 80th take.
2: Well, they had to nail the uh, the one cake take. Yeah, Bobby brings out a cake. <laughs> had to nail the cake take, <laughs> and they boy did they. I really liked uh, Bobby
0: laying into him, just kind of laying out all kind of the this is your life. Is like you're a yeah. wife beater. You're a murderer? Zimbabwe a murderer? Saying everything, you know, quote unquote, to his face that he's always wanted to say. He's like, exactly. you need to realize the kind of person you are. And that's why this is happening. Just all the more, if, if he comes back around, this is going to be terrible.
1: I I really think he is. When he lifts his face off the cake, he pulls his ponytail. I know! Yeah, ponytail. He goes by the yeah. ponytail to pull it back. I'm pretty sure he's going to come back. With them being so cocky about him... Being in that state, he's definitely going to come around at the worst possible time. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's going to, like, stab Bobby in the eye with a kazoo or something.
0: I like how his breathing is setting off the kazoo through the whole scene. <laughs> he's just holding it in his mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's
0: a nice touch. Bobby's centrally running a kazoo up Shelly's leg. And...
1: I didn't know what it was at first. I was like, I thought it was, like, a knife or I something. I was like, is this a knife?
0: It, you know, it, it kind of it's a kazoo
1: made it seem like it was from leo's perspective yeah so i was like I, I didn't know what was about to happen but then it was a kazoo so yeah and
0: we're we're consistent with the being overly cocky until we suddenly think that leo might be coming around Bobby sitting in the chair with the gun be like you hump and then thinking he showed up yeah kind of turns coward and runs similar situation here where as soon as he stirs a little bit it's like oh okay party's over uh you deserve the world here's a cake Oops! Sorry about your face in the cake. <laughs> let, me, let me get that for you. Ponytail yank. It's, it's an amazing scene. <laughs> so uh, we we get another shot of Gordon Cole's earpieces to open up uh, his reintroduction.
1: I love the way Cooper get
0: another Cooper snap.
2: Agent Dale Cooper.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> like he feels his presence. He immediately walks into the room and can tell that Gordon Cole is sitting there. Yep. Yeah. Just buddy. I love it because you can just tell their relationship right off.
0: And I love the detach of Gordon Cole not hearing a word anyone's saying and delivering a completely separate line. Yeah, he wants to talk to Cooper privately. So they try to kind of borrow a room. But of course, he's talking so loud, everyone can hear him outside.
2: Yeah, they go into Truman's office. You
1: might ask the sheriff if we can use his office. Yeah, immediately
2: after Sheriff Truman says (laughs) that they can use his office.
0: Yeah. Cooper, at this moment, you remind me of a small Mexican chihuahua. Chihuahua. (laughs) And he asks again about that, but I don't think it gets cleared up. He says, what's this about a Mexican chihuahua? And he just hands him a piece of paper that's uh, a chess move.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, but I think, too, with... You never know with Cole. I feel like he could be giving him some code that we're unaware of. And then maybe not. He might just be saying things to say. Yeah, this could be uh, agency speak. Like, what does he think that Mexican Chihuahua means? I don't know. Right. And we Who may knows? never know. Yes, but anyway, he's come there to give him a letter that was received at their offices. So That's what uh, that is. So we concerning. know
0: that uh Windham Earl is in play, whoever that is. So back to the Great Northern. We've got Ben and Leland who, man, another great scene because Ray Wise is killing this role right now. For real. Where he, uh, Ben tells Leland he needs him back and uh, he says, I'm back 100%, 110%. And <laughs> yep. just lays out all this these legal loopholes that are, will help Ben Horne hide all his money. Yeah, he's
1: looking to buy some time. Yeah, I think the
2: most interesting thing about this scene is we sort of figure out that Leland... Can be a little little slimy with his work. He's like, we can uh, pick up some pocket change in this in this deal. Yeah. That was pretty it's interesting.
1: Also, seems like the first time I've heard him speak
2: <laughs> normally,
1: a normal conversation, like a CD right.
2: lawyer who would be in business with Ben Horn. Exactly, yes. exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. And what does he get distracted by when he's sitting there? Oh, the uh, the that, taxidermy that. behind him. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he just like. Like like and he puts it, and it in pulls his pocket to fur off of it yeah he pulls one off like, and he puts it in his pocket like you always do this yeah what are you doing
0: Leland do you have a display case somewhere that's just like different taxidermy you've plucked yeah like I always thought of Leland as being this like normal wholesome character no he sucks but in retrospect if if he's been the lawyer for the great Northern or Ben Horn he's definitely done some shady stuff.
1: Right.
2: Right, it's like, it's com- at this point, it's yeah. completely obvious. When you actually start thinking about it and putting those pieces together, it's like, oh, yeah, well, of course he's this way. We just, we've sort of... <laughs> of course you have a daughter <laughs> like that. Yeah. Shady
1: lifestyles
2: of the Palmers. It's really, yeah, it's really interesting, though, that you, that, you know, it, it's still that it surprised me in that way, despite the fact well, Yeah, but well, we, we've never gotten to ben. see him
0: at work. Right, right. Yeah. Like I, I don't think I even realized he was a lawyer yeah, yeah. until Sternwood said that.
2: Well, we knew it before then because remember when he goes in there and he's like, "I've already talked to the Icelandic." That was when they got on the Jerry and him got on the phone with him, right. and they were like, "Oh yeah, we've already found out about <laughs> the mill." Yeah. So I think that was when we sort of found that out because Leland's just standing there smiling about it. Mm-hmm. But see, even in that scene, it's like, this makes him look like a dumb lawyer.
0: Yeah, well, it made it, it makes him look like he's just still not mentally well. Like, he's just off the right. rails. But
2: in this scene, he's sharp as a and tack. this is the
0: first time that he's actually seemed to, yeah, he's actually seemed 100%. 110%. Yeah, you're right.
2: What do they talk about here, too, as well? Like, the Ghostwood Estates? And this is in relation to Tojimura.
0: Yeah, well, well,
2: that's what sets him off
0: on his uh, his uh, payment loops or his his workarounds. Is that he mentions right. that there's been an investment from Iceland for the Ghostwood Estates, but then that the yes. Tokyo Bank has given them five million to uh, and he, and edge he in to on the deal, as it were. Yeah, they want in in a big way. He says, "Yes, yes," and yes. that's what sets him off, you know, saying all the things that they can do. Yeah,
1: like immediately, he's like, "We'll get some people out to survey the land required because of the fire." Mm-hmm. It's like yep, move some money through the Caymans, make some pocket
0: honored. cash on the exchange. And if we need to buy some time, yeah. dump it into a
2: black hole of escrow. And binhorn loves this. <laughs>
1: <Huh>? <laughs> that's my Leland.
2: Doesn't Ben doesn't Ben hug him? No,
1: they walk up to each other with their arms like that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, they don't ride right. hug. Oh yes.
2: I love that. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, it's so great. Do we do we can Oh I? yes, how could I forget? I love that so much.
0: Yeah, they, they just <laughs> almost hug, but end up just patting each other's shoulders, just like. Yep.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but they like look at each other, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: We, we both we both know what this really is, but let's not let's not touch.
2: Let's wait and celebrate once the deal is done. Pretty much, yeah.
0: Real quick, worth noting that Jerry is in Tokyo to
2: check out the banks.
1: Yes, with every geisha within a hundred miles.
2: Uh, Josie's trying to get out of town, but she's not quick enough mm-hmm. because Sheriff Truman shows up. Um, And he gets introduced to her assistant, Mr. Lee. Jonathan Lee? Not not cousin, Mr. Lee.
1: Why wouldn't she say cousin? Why not just stick with the same lie?
2: Because Josie's a terrible liar. Yeah, that's just bad. She's
1: always getting into these shenanigans. What is shenanigans? Man, that was really good. (laughs) And Truman is just so
0: gullible and so... So gullible. Just enamored with her
2: and... He's like, you have to stay. Let me, I'm going to, I'm just going to kiss you.
0: And if that doesn't work, then say you love them.
2: My favorite part about this too is how mad he gets when Mr. Lee tries to come back in.
1: Mm-hmm. Mr. Lee, leave us alone.
2: I just can't ever take him seriously when he gets upset. And you know, just on his way out, he's just going
0: like, I could jump, kick your head off right now.
1: <laughs> right? Did it to Hank last week. Exactly. That's
0: yeah. still so funny. He, to he me. doesn't know. That's still so funny to me that he just showed up, yeah, beat Hank no up. And said next time I'll kill you. It's like,
2: what's this time about? But anyway, this th- this effort is no good and mm-hmm. she's leaving. Yep. She's on her way because I I think maybe
0: she cares a little bit about Harry.
1: I don't think so.
2: Not enough yeah. to Yeah.
1: He was just a complication. Yeah, not enough
2: to complicate things. She's in a tough spot. Damn. We're in a tight spot. <laughs>
1: Anyway, she leaves. Back to the Great Northern. Yeah, Ben's
0: taking the big guy to dinner. The big guy. Cash. The big guy being Mr. Tojimura. cash. And uh,
1: I think it's a woman.
0: <laughs> so Mrs. Tojimura says, yo, we gave you $5 million. Where's my ghostwood estates? Does he say right.
1: that he's he sees that they've cashed the check or something like that? Ah. Or did I kind of make that I, I feel like there was some confusion around the when they were talking about the check and Ben was like being weird about it.
2: Yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if there was any awareness of if the check had been cashed. It was just that Tojimura had already given Ben the check. Right. And like what's going on? What's the what's taking so long? And I, I think it's
0: a reasonable ask. Yeah. It's Like I gave you 5 million dollars, why haven't I gotten anything from you? Then oh, we get a sure. classic Ben Horn dance Absolutely. around.
1: Have you not had grade aid service at the Great Northern? <laughs> has Louie uh, yeah, not been I looking saw. after your every need? <laughs> has
0: the waiter not brought you warm milk when you asked for it?
1: Tojimura
2: hasn't been to the timber room yet. Nope,
0: obviously not. It says that after the fire, the town needs to heal. So he's trying to do his civic duty. It's like it's a small community. Everybody's still reeling. Not from the murder. It's a small, large town. <laughs> not from the murder that's still being investigated, but from the fire. By the way, there has been a
2: murder. And then they get uh, distracted by some singing. Why is he there? (laughs) Go home. He's at work. (laughs) He's working. Eight o'clock at night. Would you want to go home to Sarah? (laughs) Like just no. With your creepy, creepy ceiling fan. Like, come on, just stay (laughs) at the Great Northern, do some karaoke, have a good time. Karaoke.
0: So uh, yeah, Tojimori doesn't really buy Ben's excuse about the fire because. He says he knows a little bit about fire. His family was at Nagasaki. Fire,
2: walk with me?
1: All I thought was the Office Christmas episode of Benihana (laughs) when they ordered Nagasaki's. Sake and eggnog.
0: But yeah, they do get distracted. Actually, Leland's singing in this scene is relatively tame from what he usually does. He's singing
2: Getting to Know You from The King and I. And as soon as Pete hears this, I guess he's trying to put it together. King and I. I did (laughs) not
1: understand what was happening I
0: know, uh, Pete's been trying to chat up Toji at the bar I guess he's lonely that's kind of what I took away from that is he's just trying to
2: drown his sorrows in milk
0: <laughs> how about a
1: cold milk
2: I love that that he was just up there drinking milk yeah I don't know I guess he had a
1: something worked into his contract that he had to appear in so many episodes so they just kind of threw him in this one
0: <laughs> super nerdy observation so Pete is sitting at the bar drinking milk, and he offers to buy a milk for Tojimura as though it is an alcoholic beverage. The song that is being performed is from The King and I, and I don't know if you are familiar with Bye Bye Birdie at all, but there is a scene where a young man shows up, quote-unquote, drunk in a scene, and he's questioned, what have you been drinking? He goes, milk, but it worked. So I don't know if there's this show tunes fandom going on here that mix that all tie together sure, yeah but uh i just showed my colors so no i love that
2: uh we didn't talk we kind of glanced over or i can't i can't remember where it falls but i feel like we glanced over leland singing mm-hmm. um when when ben's up there trying to stop him but the best thing is when he says how about those steeplejacks yeah <laughs>
0: hey hi where are you folks from huh Right here in Twin Peaks. Oh, fantastic! How about those Steeplejacks, <laughs> yeah. huh? Getting to know you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I love that. I love the like. L- or if you're keeping, if you're keeping, uh, I love the yeah, lounge singer if interaction you keep count out there. That's our second Steeplejacks reference this season.
1: After he finishes singing, Benjamin Horne says, "Give it a rest, Leland," and then he says, "Temporary insanity, huh?"
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and he goes on to say, "Like you better hope these people are in under jury because you'll be scot free." Yeah, and great.
1: then Pete Martell is like, "Do you like musicals?" Big scene coming up. Yeah, big old scene. Final scene, right? This is how we close it out. If you said big lima beam bubbling up, would she understand what she said?
0: They've got Philip Girard, and uh, they're giving him the business.
1: The one armor.
0: The the one armor. There he is now. Yep. So they're asking him about the medicine, about his condition. (laughs) And he's just begging for the medicine, about to have another episode. He's begging for it. Who is it that's like, no, no, don't give him the medicine, because we'll never find out what's going on here. It's Truman. And what happens is Philip Gerard kind of has his seizure and then comes back around and he starts to speak very much like he did from Cooper's
2: Dream. Yep, from all the way back at the beginning of season one. And we we learn pretty much everything right here. Mike is an inhabiting spirit. And Philip
0: Gerard is just his vessel.
1: I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, Tyler. What do you make of this? I I have no idea. It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes complete sense.
2: It doesn't. Yeah. So the demon is Mike. Sure. He's and Philip Gerard is his host.
1: But if he was taking medicine to keep him at bay all the time, why would he stay there?
0: He's in Philip Gerard. You can't just get rid of. him. And he's trying to get close to Bob, who's in Twin Peaks. Philip Gerard is in Twin Peaks.
1: Right. No, I understand that. <laughs> I'm just speaking in terms of spirits.
0: Maybe it's like a Denzel Washington fallen sort of situation where if they're in a human host, they can't leave it at will. Like maybe, maybe the original host has to die or something like that before they can change bodies. Cause that was the whole thing in that movie, which is not part of the series, <laughs> but the spirit logic there was that if you are possessed, that your body has to die before the spirit leaves you.
1: Okay.
2: I can live with that. So just like Mike, Bob is also out there with know. a host. Yes. Who is
0: We it? know that uh, yes. Bob's true face has only been Who seen is? by a few. The Gifted, in which we get a shot of Cooper, and the Damned. And he looks
2: straight at the camera. He's <laughs> like, Am I the Damned? So Cooper is not the Damned. Cooper is Gifted. <laughs> The damned is Sarah Ballmer. Yeah, anyone else has seen him? Exactly. Now,
0: he looked into my soul in, in that shot. Just like, and the dad
2: He did. Like, what, me? I love when he's describing Bob, too. He is Bob. Eager for fun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he wears a smile. Everybody run. I think also important to note here is that he says that he's like a parasite and he attaches itself and feeds on, you know, basically what is that, what the host yeah. is is it Harold? I did say earlier, I did I did say that earlier that Harold howled like Bob again. So that theory is out there.
0: Yeah, so yeah, whatever you guys are talking about was, was probably
1: right. viable. This image of Bob that we've seen in the visions and this sketch mm-hmm. is Bob's mm-hmm. true image. But when we see him in Twin Peaks is that's not Going to be him.
2: It wouldn't be like Mike, where they look identical, right? Okay,
1: but the this Mike guy would—I mean, he would have a different image, he wouldn't? Didn't, he? No. Or no,
0: he didn't. If we saw Mike's true form, I'm sure it would not look like Philip Gerard. But Cooper's Cooper's vision of Mike looked like Philip Gerard. The
1: only reason they found Philip Gerard is because they knew what he looked like. So if they, based on what Coop's on is dream, so then they came up with the sketch,
0: and Leland recognized the picture. From his childhood, from a neighbor.
2: The people who've seen him, like, like Ronette, like Ronette saw him in the train car. Who she was looking at was Bob. The person's name was Bob. Even though, even though that person is someone else. Bob Ladecker. She was seeing the spirit, Bob. She was the damned. I don't accept this. I know it's confusing, but that's how it's presented. I'm not
1: going to be able to sleep
2: today.
0: Yeah, so, so the mic has come out of him. He's, he's full blown Mike from Cooper's Dream. And we solidify that when they start to recite the poem together. Uh, I don't think Cooper remembers all of it because <laughs> he kind of takes it over. No, we do. We, we see, get the stuff about, uh he uh, recounts again how he took his arm off. Again, I'm not sure why he doesn't explicitly say it.
2: I think I think the arm was the evil was basically the evil part. I guess uh, in the dream he mentioned. He mentioned a tattoo in the dream. I mean, I just assumed that that was him removing the evil because he says that they were once partners. Yeah, because he saw the face of God. So him removing the arm, removed the yeah. evil, and now his purpose is to stop Bob.
0: Saw so the face of God and was purified. And for that, I guess yeah. it was one of those, like if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off kind of things. Biblical stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, interesting to note when he, he asks he asks him if, uh, Cooper asked him if Bob is near us yes. now, and he says for nearly 40 years. Yeah, he is He is in it. That's how long this thing has been out there.
0: And, uh, yeah, watching the episode uh, on, on the rewatch, because I wasn't really paying attention the first time, I was... Great. It, it was this... So my first watch through... Well, my first watch through of this series, I was putting it on pretty much every night as I was kind of falling asleep. So I would I would come in and out... So the same way that the the Bob crawling over the furniture scene scared the crap out of me because I wasn't ready for it It was because I was in a half-asleep stupor. And I think this was another one of those episodes where I was kind of on the downhill slope. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd been doing a little more, you know, binge-watching and was just kind of drifting off. So this scene didn't really catch me the same way as it did on my rewatch where I was kind of proud of myself for solving the puzzle as soon as I heard it. Like, he's in a... Uh, Bob is here. He's in a house made of wood with several rooms, much the same, but with different souls inhabiting every night. I went, a hotel! And right after I did that, Cooper says, the Great Northern Hotel. So we know where Bob is. Who is it? It's time to go get him.
2: And another thing with Mike, I just feel like we just haven't seen, we just haven't seen his true face.
1: Is it the waiter?
2: I love that theory, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i heard about you but yeah that is that is demons
2: so much happens oh, that's 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 where we leave i
1: i think this is one of the one of the few episodes that since i'm not able to mo- like binge it
2: yeah this was probably the
1: hardest one to not
2: absolutely keep going. i could see that i could 100 percent see that they threw a lot of at you in this episode and I could totally see where it would be completely difficult to not want (laughs) to just watch one more. Yeah. Yeah. But totally, definitely appreciate you being a
0: trooper about this and, but I did it like just staying on track, just episode per episode. Yeah. Thank you, Tyler. Well, uh, Patrick, what are your, your final impressions of the episode overall?
2: Love this episode. Um, obviously Mm -hmm. we're moving full speed. I feel like at this point, it's especially with that ending. It's like, okay, well you just told us where Bob was. So it's, (laughs) I love this episode. It's, it throws so much at you in the best, the best possible way. Gives you, it gives, it gives you so much information in those last few minutes. Cause now you kind of at least can start thinking about what Bob is or who out there might be the host to Bob. It just sort of opens everything up. I feel like even if, you know, um, when you start to go back and rewatch older episodes it just you just look at it in a completely different way and i feel like it's it's because of mm-hmm. the information that's thrown at you in this specific episode i agree um and, and a lot of and just a lot of great acting from everyone all around i feel like the cast Eric, was yeah, uh, right. literally on on fire <laughs> at this point al strobel who plays philip gerard from him at the end cuz i love that going from how he acts as philip gerard into mike is amazing oh
0: yeah he absolutely plays two roles in um a single minute
2: a double if you will there it is and yes yes eric Deray uh his acting uh Unmatched. richard bamer in the scene that i spoke of earlier everyone like i said everything was clicking right here i i i love everything about this episode tyler what are your final thoughts on the episode as a whole
1: i think this is my favorite episode so far, same. Wow! <laughs> so just because it was start to finish, like I was in there. Yeah,
2: it was because it of Gordon Cole, right?
1: Yeah, I was going to say that
2: you were just happy that Audrey was saved.
1: It was nice to see her back, safe in, and sound, back in tune with uh, Coop. Yeah, I, I think for me it was much the same. This is
0: for me kind of a greatest hits of everything that I wanted to see in a Twin Peaks episode from. Audrey being safe and sound back at home to Ben Horn's plans unraveling to getting a little more crazy Nadine, which I'm I'm living for right now. I just everything was on point. This episode, the humor was there. Great performances, great plot points. Rock solid episode beginning to end. And I'm super thankful for it. Definitely gets me fired up for the next one.
2: For sure. Well, without further ado. I say it's yes. time for us to reveal our damn fine line of the night.
0: So we we change the jingle, I guess.
2: We we'll rotate it out.
0: We don't want to get comfortable. Let's hear it one more time.
2: Alright, we're gonna start with Tyler tonight. You're not gonna pull a valhalla on me.
1: Yeah, I'm not, even though that is the greatest. Moment in talking backward history. There's so many, there's so many good lines and far fewer shitty ones that I'm gonna go with a shitty one because it's it's a it's a (laughs) fine line. Just go with a with a standout. Yeah, um, and it's it's when James and Donna are talking and he he makes this like super stupid reference (laughs) about. Here it is. I'll just play it. <laughs> well, after Laura died,
0: everything just went by kind of fast, you know. It's hard to know exactly what to believe in. Yeah.
2: But when I saw you tonight, I knew exactly what I believed. Did you? It's like if we
0: could put our hearts together and just keep them that way forever, we'd be safe no matter Boo.
2: what. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> What is going on, Tyler? You picked a James Hurley line that plays just you in the background. I've chosen James Hurley lines before. <laughs> Man, this is really it. something.
1: <laughs> just can't. This high schooler. It's like if we could put if we could put our hearts together <laughs> and just keep them that way forever, we'd be safe no matter what. Like you're dumb. That's on brand, though. Like that's definitely oh, it's super something a high on brand. schooler would. For James, would just
0: yeah,
2: but like
0: James. live journal isn't a thing yet, so you have to say stuff like that in person. Yeah, Dave, what was your line? Well, my damn fine line of the night tonight. So we've got a uh, Tojimura and Pete.
2: You're not from around here, are you? I am a visitor.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, could I buy you a sake? No, Senko.
2: Well, how about a nice cold milk? Yeah, that's a great line.
0: So, Patrick, yep. can we have your damn fine line of the night,
2: please? You sure can. It is when uh, Gordon Cole enters the sheriff station, and he looks at Cooper. Cooper, you remind me today of a small Mexican chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> that is my damn fine line of the night. Thank you, David Lynch. That
0: is a... Fine, fine line. It is. And that concludes our Damn Fine Lines of the Night.
1: Damn fine. Mm.
0: Well, I guess to close everything out, uh, all that's left to do is move on to the segment we call Talking Foreheads.
1: Talking Foreheads.
0: I can't. I just can't. James! James! Talking foreheads is where we rate the episode on a scale of one to five James Hurley foreheads. Mm. Uh, Patrick, we're going to let you kick it off for us tonight. Yeah, man. This is five foreheads.
2: Just five.
0: Me personally, I'm going to give this one five foreheads.
2: Just five.
0: This episode gives me everything I want in a twin peaks episode.
1: Guys, I uh, hate hate to do this, but uh oh no. I also have Just five foreheads. Oh,
2: I think we deserve <laughs> to give this one a very special. We haven't done it in a while. Oh, mercy dots and awesome dots. I can leady It was deserved.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect score for demons. Yep.
2: Five Mersey Dotes. That is 15, 15
0: foreheads. foreheads. That's a lot of foreheads.
2: <laughs> wow. I never thought we'd do it.
1: Talking foreheads.
2: Uh, so we're,
0: we're closing in on Bob, and hopefully that'll happen on next week's episode, Lonely Souls. Ooh.
2: Yeah. Do you think we'll ever give another three fives? No. Hard
0: to say. I have hope. Hard to say. Well, if there's anything that you thought deserved five foreheads that didn't quite get it, Feel free to reach out to us at TalkingBackwardsPod at gmail.com. You can find us on the Instagram for images and fun stuff at TalkingBackwardsPod as well. You can also
2: holler at us over on the Twitter at TalkingBackward.
0: Hi,ler. (laughs) Perfect. (coughs) We'll see you next week for Lonely Souls here on Talking Backwards.
2: If you like our show, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review. Yes. Do that thing.
0: Talking backwards is part of the Dunk Jingle podcast family.
1: Talking backwards is recorded in front of a live studio audience.
0: Tyler, what's the over under on us ever seeing Mike
1: again? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's just dead.